what is the relevance of challenging uh, the arms deal findings at this stage? Look, you know, the, as you said, the arms deal commission found that there was no corruption during the arms deal, despite, I guess, overwhelming information in the public domain, which reveals the contrary. And really what we would like to do is to review the findings in order to hold the commission accountable for the manner in which it conducted its work. So that's the real, really one of our objectives. Um, and the other is, you know, related to that, the commission had specific terms of reference that they needed to adhere to. And they didn't. And they didn't conduct an investigation. They didn't hear certain witnesses. They didn't hear certain information. Or, or, or they didn't admit certain information. And so the relevance is really about accountability, accountability from the commission side um, and really addressing uh, huge constitutional failures on the part of the commission. So what, in your view, was left out of this investigation? Look, it wasn't an investigation. The terms of reference for the commission was that they conduct an investigation that they use whatever information was available and relevant in the public domain in order to really investigate, get to the, the root causes of the issue, um, find out about what happened um, in so many allegations of corruption. And they didn't conduct an investigation. Um, they didn't have certain key witnesses uh, appear before them. Uh, certain key reports were not before them. Um, there were huge issues with the manner in which information flowed during the commission. This led to resignations of uh, commissioners as well as key staff. Um, so it, it's looking at how commissions function. Um, and, you know, one of the other objectives related to this is um, can we allow judicial commissions of inquiry to be conducted in this manner uh, going forward for, for major issues that the country needs answers on? But uh, is it the fault of the commission if uh, witnesses uh, who are meant to give evidence decide otherwise? I mean, what can the commission do about that? Look, you know, um, just, you know, we've we've looked very carefully at at transcripts of information that was before the commission. And and really, it wasn't about witnesses not being available. Um, There were several witnesses who were available, who had inside knowledge, who had even, um, you know, by that point had had written books and reports about what was going on in the arms deal, and they were not called before the commission. In fact, lawyers for human rights who were representing some of um, these key witnesses, um, they were still, uh, you know, kind of disenchanted with the way in which these uh, proceedings were conducted that they withdrew. And so it was almost impossible um, for these witnesses to, to, to actually um, come before the commission, even though they wanted to. Who are those witnesses, Leanne? You know, you're looking here at um, uh, at Andrew Feinstein, uh, Paul Holden, Henry von Furen. Um, you know, these were all potentially um, really important people uh, who could have, you know, been before the commission and, and given certain evidence, uh, especially because they had written uh, inf- they had written uh, reports and books about this. Mm-hmm. So, 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 was it not their option not to testify before the commission? Did they not exercise choice in that regard? It wasn't about them exercising choice. It was about them, uh, certain reports and and books that they had had submitted or wanted to submit not being allowed before the commission. So it wasn't about their choice. It was whether or not um, they were being called. And in fact, the terms of reference of the commission had been narrowed so as to exclude certain witnesses from participating. The effect of the narrowing of the terms of reference was that. 
So we're fast, fast approaching, you know, uh, the 20-year anniversary of mm. this particular arms deal. Uh, do you honestly believe that there is still scope to actually get to the bottom of it? Look, the objective of this, and I know, you know, it, it's very difficult to to, to see um, you know, the real objectives of, of, of this particular case, but the objective is to review the findings. It is to have the findings set aside because the findings themselves are unlawful and are unconstitutional. We will not get to the bottom of this because we are not asking for another commission to set up, to be set up. But we, what we don't want is a finding that there was no corruption in the arms deal to be the last word on this major, major corruption scandal in the country. Uh, we don't want this to be um, the last word in the sense that it, this really was a whitewashing. Um, and, and South African history should not reflect that. So the mere fact that, you know, a court could set this aside, that would be a victory for us. Um, you know, the precedent-setting nature of, of a case like that that looks into what are the nature, powers, functions of a commission of inquiry is really important as well so as to guide future commissions. And then, Leanne, should the courts rule in your favor, what action would you like to see happen? Look, if the courts rule in our favor, it will be a finding um, that there will be a finding that sets aside um, the, the commission's um, findings, and that in itself would be a victory for us. And um, we would not be looking to have any any future kind of actions taken um, in in that respect. So. Presumably, you know, those accountable for taking the decisions will have to account uh, during the litigation and post-litigation if, if, the count, if the court makes such a finding. To account for, you know, why wasn't there a proper investigation, why weren't the terms of reference followed, um, and that accountability would be important. Well, Leanne, thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. Leanne Govinsami, who is the head of legal and investigations at Corruption Watch.